Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Thank you, Pastor Julia. Good morning, church. How are you guys this morning? Good. Hello, guys. My name is Jaden. I'm in the 12th grade. I go to Strasburg High School. I'm a student at Crave. I've been a member at Abundant Life for six years now. I serve on the media team, so you probably see me zooming around here. So I have a question for you all this morning. How many of us have ever ordered something off of Amazon or went to Lowe's or bought something that requires being put together? Show of hands. I know there's some husbands in here that their wife makes them build something that they didn't know they ordered. So, like a dresser or a bed frame, it requires a manual, okay? How many of us get frustrated with the build-it-yourself instructions or the items you want so badly? All right, you guys are my kind of people. Let me tell you this story. So, this is a story about me building a basketball hoop. It's very interesting. So, it's Christmas morning. I asked for a basketball hoop like most of the kids do when they make their freshman team as a freshman. Um, I thought it was going to be super easy, just a couple bolts, hammers, screws, very simple, plain Jane. I thought I could do it all by myself, but after several hours and trials, my parents asking me, hey, Jaden, do you need help? Me? No, I got it. Here I am, 14 years old, in the front lawn, trying to put a full-on basketball hoop together by myself. Now, I didn't really look at the instructions. I looked at the main picture. (laughs) When I was putting the basketball hoop together like a puzzle, you just figure it out how it all works for the moment. Well, trying to put it all together just because it was, how many, well, turns out now that the basketball hoop works, I was out there for four days trying to put it together just because I was stubborn and did not ask or want to read the instructions to get help. Now, what God's put on my heart this morning was, I think what a lot of us do, I know I do it myself, is we look at the picture of God. We see the pictures during church. We see them at work. We see them at school. And we want that picture so badly, but we don't want to take the steps. We don't want to take the time to learn the instruction manual that he gifted us with when he died on the cross. (laughs) Then finally... I build this thing, and then one night, I look out the window. I hear a loud crash come up from outside. There I am, looking out the window, only to find my basketball hoop into pieces. What we build with wrong or no instructions may serve its purpose for a time, but it will never last us how it was supposed to. Now, on to my first point. Instructions are meant to be read. As humans and followers of Christ, I think we know how to do every we think we know how to do everything and how everything works, but we don't. We like the final product, but we don't like to take time to read our maker's instructions. He is our creator, he knows us better than anyone ever could. John 1:1 says, "In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God, he was God." In the beginning, throughout all things were made. Without him, nothing made that has been made. 
Jesus refers to himself in the world. Why are you willing to accept us as our Savior, but not our instructor? We always like to call out to God, but don't want to take the time to listen to God. If we prioritize the things that matter the most to us, then shouldn't God be first on that list? But in reality, life gets busy. God can get put to the back burner. We will face stress or trials to our day-to-day lives, not even realizing there's a peace found in every very page for his inspired manual to us. We have confusion in our lives. We don't know the wisdom that has already been written out for us. Our relationship with God isn't built off how many Sundays we sit here in a seat. Anyone can do that. Anyone can come in here on any given Sunday and sit in this seat. But we will face, we will know him in his word. God loves us not on conditionals, conditionals, and neither should our faith be conditional. How God responds to us, we will seek to find him. What I wanted to build my basketball hoop, I should have read the instruction manuals that came with it. If I'm looking to go further in my faith, I should really inspire the instructor manual God has given to us. That brings me to my second point. The instructions are meant to be followed. When you build something, you read the instructions before you do anything else. Or if you're like me, you just look at the picture. (laughs) We are a part of God's vision. We have our instructions found in the Bible. The book is not a history, a part of history. It's the page of the Holy Scripture where we find God, where we, and his goodness, this is where we can find pieces and see how we are conducted. This tells us how to love people as Jesus first loved us. But if we don't read that, then I don't know that. And if I do read, but I don't put it into practice, then I'm not going to listen to God. I'm merely aware about God. There is a difference when we notice someone is in the room versus someone that asks us to do. My last point for you all today. Instructions build things that will last. John 2.17 tells us, The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does God saves lives forever. And what I think I got from that is when we put our faith into God and we trust in him with all our might, with no doubt, he didn't guarantee us an easy life at all. He didn't say it was going to be flowers, rainbows, and everything like that. But he did promise us eternal life, which is so much better than what's on this earth for us. Too often we sacrifice quality for convenience. We don't have the time. We say we can't wait. We've embraced the just-do-it philosophy. More and more people are sacrificing enduring the truth for a quick fix. Jesus, a carpenter, the builder of mankind, provides clear instructions how you and I can build a rock-solid foundation for our lives, and it is only through him. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We cannot, we can't know God except through his word, but the life we have, just like my basketball hoop, it can serve us how we want it for a certain time, but we will face heartache and pain, hardships and confusion. Without knowing the instruction manual, the life that God intended for us, 
a life of freedom in him will not last how it's supposed to. Here's my challenge for you guys this morning. Are we taking our relationship with God outside these walls? Or are we just keeping it in the church? Are we seeking him through his word? Or are we relying on the faith of the people around us? So I want to challenge with you guys this morning. Don't go off of other people's faith and beliefs. Go off your beliefs and find your own faith. Whatever you're struggling through this morning, tomorrow's Monday, Labor Day. It's a fresh start. What I want you guys to do when you guys wake up tomorrow morning is find your verse. Because God will always find you if you let him. Let us pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, thank you so much for this. Thank you for letting me have this opportunity and be able to preach to these people. And I pray to God that my sermon touches someone out there today and just lets them really change their life and gets an impact statement from this dear Lord. Uh, I want to thank Pastor John and his family, and I want to thank Julia for giving me this opportunity and be able to say what you've put on my mind. Thank thank you for using me as your temple to get your word out, dear God. Um, Thank you for everything that you've done for my life and done and my great experience in your journey with you, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So up next, we have one of my good friends, Mason Broy. What's up, guys? How are we feeling this morning? Oh, yeah, that's what we like to hear. Uh, Before I start off, I just want to thank Pastor John and Pastor Kristen for believing in their youth enough to just let them come up here and do this. I just want to thank Julia, too, for helping us through this. (laughs) But uh, if y'all don't know me, my name is Mason. Um, I go to Crave here. I help serving with production, take pictures and stuff like that. I'm in 11th grade or junior year. I go to Strasburg. I've really grown up there my whole life. But the weirdest part about that is people actually go there on purpose. (laughs) Now, I'm not hating on Strasburg or anything, but when you've been in one place your whole life, it gets pretty old, right? But people will come to Strasburg for one main reason, the mountains. Now, that made me wonder, like, I don't know, it made me question if I even knew what they were. Like, and then I was looking into it. Mountains are merely just collisions of pre-existing things. They're just plates colliding with each other, and then they make these beautiful things. But I think that correlates pretty well to life, because you can have big collisions in your life, and you can come out with amazing things. So that goes into my first point. Sometimes things in life will collide, but watch as God makes something great from it. Now, things in life aren't always going to happen how we expect them to, or look how we think they will, right? We might not even understand what's happening. But in John 13, 7, Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Now, we may not be called to always understand, but we're called to be obedient. So, with obedience, we decide how we respond to that collision, right? With a collision, you'll always need a response. So, we seek God how we react and act upon obedience. When things don't make sense around us, are we trusting ourselves more than we're trusting God? Are we trusting the people around us more than we're trusting God? Because someone else's faith can't be your faith, right? You have to go upon yourself. So when things in life pile up, do we act on faith or do we act on impulse? 
because it's so easy to go back to who you were before Jesus when we take our focus off of him. So how will we respond? Are we going to act on it and seize it? Are we just going to sit there and let it slip past us? So that goes to my last point, climbing the collision. So in our lives, God may call us to mountains that seem impossible to us, right? But our job is to be obedient, not understand what may be in front of us. If you look at any person of faith mentioned in the Bible, there's a common theme. That what seemed impossible with God is nothing more than possible. In Moses splitting the Red Sea and freeing the Israelites, for example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown in a furnace, and they didn't even get burned. David and Goliath is a really good example of this. In Samuel 17:37, David says Goliath had with him a spear and sword, but his weapon was God the Father. So even when the mountain is steep and rocky in our life, God is still faithful. Even when you can't see it, even when it's not looking how you think it is. So in Psalm 717, it says, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. Now, we don't praise God because everything is great all the time. You praise him because he is great all the time, right? Now, the very thing in your life that may seem like a pile of rubble could be a miracle waiting to happen. It might not look how you expect it to, but in our obedience and our climb through the collision, we can see how God uses all things for his good. So finally, that's my challenge for myself and hopefully you guys too. That we can give praise to God for all the good things he's done and share our testimonies and praise the victories. Because when we may not think he notices, but he does. And when we praise God for the victories, the enemy is shaken. So before I close out, I just want to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that through you, we're able to climb these mountains in our lives, dear God. Not by our own strength, but because of you. All we have to do is put our faith in you, and you'll take care of the rest. I just pray that if we may be in a valley right now, that we may seek to you and cling on to your word. And that if we may be climbing, that you keep us on a straight path and rooted on you. Or that if we're on a mountaintop right now, we don't know what to do. I just pray you give us guidance as we praise you for this victory. And in your name we pray. Amen. So next up, I just want to introduce someone that looks sort of like me, I guess. I don't see it, but Brayden. That's not me. How's it going, guys? All right. My name is Brayden. I'm in eighth grade. I've been coming to Cray for about a year and a half now. I serve on the media team doing Pro Presenter on Wednesdays. The first time I really experienced God was last year during our conference event. Before that moment in my life with God, he felt more like a sleeping God than a living God to me. I'm thankful that we serve a God who is not asleep, but very much, very much wants to move in our lives. Today, I'd like to go, today I'd like to go through Matthew eight verses twenty four through twenty six with you to set the scene for the passage of Scripture. Jesus and his disciples have been traveling town to town, preaching about God. As they're traveling to the next location, they're all in a boat together, and this is what it reads, starting in verse twenty four. 
Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Well, this can be a well-known Bible story to a few of us. There are three main points that I want us to see from this today. The first point is that God is responsive. When we talk to him, he will talk back to us. When we pray to God, he answers us and he always hears us. We see that in the disciples' fear of the storm, Jesus was responsive to them, even if that's not how they expected him to be. God has responded in my life when my family wasn't in the best situation. Jesus can always calm the waves of the storm, but do we have the faith to trust in him even when they rage? My second point is that God can always hear you, even if he seems asleep in your relationship. For the disciples, it was easy to think that Jesus was far from them because he was separated, taking a nap. In reality, even in the seasons when God feels far from us, his response is on the other side of us calling out to him. That means the prayers you've been praying aren't going unheard. The praise you've been lifting isn't going unnoticed. The dreams that you have aren't there for no reason. God is always near. We are constantly in his presence. And my final point is, God is never asleep in your relationship with him. When I first started coming to Crave, I felt like God was asleep in my life. I would hear about all these amazing things that he had done in other people's life, but it felt like my prayers were unanswered and I was overlooked by God. The truth is that God is a living God, not a sleeping God. It says in Psalms 121.3, The Lord will, ne- will neither slumber nor sleep. God is always with us in the stormy moments and unanswered prayers. He is not a God that overlooks us. He will calm the seas of our hearts and our lives if we just cry out to him. But at the same time, he calls us to have even more faith in him. God controls the storms of our life at all times. God is willing. We just have to realize he is never too far to hear our cries. And then in conclusion, I just want to pray for those who may be facing storms or doubting that God's living in their life. Dear God, I just pray for those who may be doubting that you're living in their life, God. You would just show them that you're alive. And those that may be going storms, that you would just require them to have Show them that you can calm the storm. And in your name, everybody said, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we got Kalia.
How's everybody doing? Can we give it up for them one more time? All right. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Kalia. Hello. Um, <laughs> um, I'm in my junior year of high school, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, me and my family have been going here um, for a while. I was informed it was more than four years. <laughs> Sorry about that first service. <laughs> um, but it's awesome. We love it here. Um, but before I get started, I just wanted to say thank you to Pastor Julia for making this happen, as well as Pastor John and Pastor Kristen for letting us um, take over. <laughs> but do you know what really tests my faith? Crafts. Crafts. Um, I can't tell you how frustrated I can get with crafts. Um, my family and I, we've always been pretty crafty. Um, that's how we bond. That's our family thing. Um, but do you know what you need for crafts? You need instructions. Mean instructions, sometimes uh, we just don't get along. <laughs> because every time I have faith in the instructions, but I know that those instructions are going to tell me what I need to do. But the second I get to a point where I may not understand or I think it's getting too hard for me, I give up and I lose faith in what the instructions tell me to do. But isn't that what we do with God sometimes? When God gives us his instructions and it starts getting hard, we start to lose faith in him. So, what is faith? Faith is having complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Sounds pretty simple. But it can get really hard to have faith. Because how are we supposed to put all of our trust into something that we can't even see? If you have your Bible, I'm going to be um, reading in Hebrews 11 verse verses 1 through 4 in the message version. It says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, what we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. The rest of the chapter continues to talk about the byproduct of faith. What happens when we put our full trust in God? This leads me to my first point. Faith is necessary to please God and to participate in his eternal salvation. Going to Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. God gives us simple instructions every day to spread his word, to grow people closer to God. We hear God tell us to do his work, but the second it gets scary or hard, we don't want to do it. But if we are comfortable all the time, how are we going to learn and how are we going to do what God tells us to do? We expect God to do all the work for us, but God instructs us to believe in him and share his truths with those around us, that we aren't doing it by ourselves and that God is with us every step of the way. The biggest portrayal of faith we might be able to have is to share what we know is good with those around us, to share the faith that is rooted in God. Romans 10.9 says, Salvation is impossible to receive without faith that God is who he says he is and did what he said he did. 
My second point is, faith requires confidence in the unseen realities of God and his promises. Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, what we see created by what we don't see. We serve a God that constantly shows us the impossible is possible through him. We, I love um, this whole chapter uh, because it picks out people in the Bible that showed their faith and the miracles that God gave them. Sarah, who couldn't conceive, gave birth to Isaac. Noah, who couldn't see the rain and in faith prepared for the storm, trusting that God's word would still stand true. And Moses, who did not see any promised land in sight, led God's people to the cusp of the territory set apart for them. God doesn't expect you to believe without evidence. So all the evidence you need, he has it right here. This gives us the confidence that God's track record has no losses, even if his promises look different than we imagined. And my last point today is, faith produces perseverance. James 1, 2 through 3 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance means persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. We have to want to persevere in our faith despite the difficulties that may come. If we don't try and if we don't want to try, how are we going to do what God's word tells us to do? Our faith was meant to be tested. God tests our faith to see if our faith in him is real. And when we fall short, he will gladly teach us for our next test. The instructions or the tests that God gives us aren't to put us down, but are to make us stronger and to make us want to strive to be more like him. So we have to participate in God's tests. Before I pray and end the service, I wanted to share one more Bible verse with you guys. It's James 1.12. God will bless you if you don't give up when your faith is being tested. He will reward you with a glorious life, just as he rewards everyone who loves him. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for everything that you've done for us. I pray that you give us strength and the willingness to do what it is you want us to do. Lord, I pray that you help us when we start to feel unbelief. Help us to remember that all things are possible through you. I pray that we seek you in good times and the difficult times, and to learn to trust you more and more every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.